The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome to another episode of the Minding My Black Business podcast, and it is I, Dr. Janae Taylor, Dr. T. Nene. It's me, your host. I am so excited that you all have tuned in for today's episode. Our guest today was, it was such a joy um, to spend time with her, um, to pick her brain, to share some of the things that we have in common. So let me just go ahead and introduce you to Dr. Walker. So Dr. Rita Walker is an award-winning full professor of psychology, a fellow in the American Psychological Association, and a leading scholar who has published more than 60 scientific papers on African-American mental health, suicide risk, and emotional resilience. She is also a licensed clinical psychologist who prepares doctoral students for their independent careers. She is the author of a highly acclaimed new book, The Unapologetic Guide of Black Mental Health. And in her book, she offers insights to the mental health crisis in the black community, along with tools and strategies for practicing emotional wellness. Dr. Walker is a Georgia native, Savannah, Georgia, who now claims Houston, Texas as her home. Family, let's welcome Dr. Walker to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, family, welcome to another episode of the Minding My Black Business podcast. I am super duper excited about today's guest um, for many reasons. And you probably heard that in the intro. Uh, I apologize if it went on too long. Uh, so, <laughs> but without further ado, let me introduce Dr. Rita Walker to the podcast. So welcome, Dr. Walker. Thank you so much, Dr. T. I want to hear the introduction too. I hope I well, can. Wait a minute. You, you absolutely will. <laughs> you absolutely will. So um, can you introduce yourself to the family and let them know just a little bit about you? Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there in the public that is, I'm a professor of psychology. I'm in the uh, state of Texas. I, the stuff that's not out there is that I really enjoy the rodeo when it's safe to be at the rodeo and my favorite grocery store is here. Though I haven't abandoned Publix, that is my store in other states. Um, I am uh, responsible for a small family that keeps me really very busy. Um, But I think that the things that are important to me that folks know is that I, I'm just a regular person, just like everybody else trying to do my thing. And I feel like my publications, the places that I have shown up in public are there because I'm trying to do the same thing you're doing, (laughs) Dr. T, is to, you know, help folks move forward. Like we have tools and strategies and and we all deserve to thrive. We Mm -hmm. absolutely deserve it. So I'll be happy to say anything else or share. I might regret saying that, but share other things that might that might come up in our conversation today well first let's go back to this grocery store what is what is the favorite grocery store that you enjoy in texas it's called heb and it's only in texas i know exactly what you're talking about Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh 
And I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know exactly when I started to love HEB, but there were a couple of things that happened early on. Oh. One is I remember being in the store and trying to decide between the chicken thighs and the chicken legs. Okay. And I asked the gentleman what the price, because one of them, they weren't priced, like something about the pricing was off. Right. And so once he told me whatever the pricing was, I got the, the chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, would you have preferred the legs if they were the same price? And I said, well, yeah. So he gave me the legs for the same price. Come on. <laughs> as the thighs. And I was like, these are my people. Um, and then on another occasion, I went in the store and it, it, I don't know, I didn't watch the weather report and it was pouring mm-hmm. when I was leaving. It was, it was pouring not when I went in, but it was when I left. And there was a gentleman standing outside with an umbrella who worked for the store, who was walking people to their cars with an umbrella. And I was like, see, this is the kind of service that I appreciate. Absolutely. And, and they didn't have to do any of it. Now, nobody has discounted any chicken from me in the last few years. It hasn't <laughs> happened. And there haven't been any umbrella walks. Um, but there have been other have been other things. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't have, there's no strangers in the store. I mm. talk to people and ask questions because there's like a, there's cultish type things that happen. I want to understand. Right. And so I love, I love H-E-B. Yeah. I spent a couple of years in Dallas, Texas, and so I know H-E-B well. Um, Central Market also has a special place in my heart. Uh, So I know what you mean. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. And Central Market started in Texas. Okay, there it is. There it is, folks. Um, so I also, so are you encouraging people to to go to H-E-B? You are a fan <laughs> in support of H-E-B. Okay, Texas family. <laughs> they are listening. They are listening. So not only are you wear a lot of hats, so not only are you um, a psychologist, um, a scientist, uh, a professor, a author, a speaker, I am considering you an entrepreneur. I don't know if you have donned that identity, but I am considering you that because you are you are providing a service um, and helping us uh, have a better understanding, helping us gather tools and how to be how to be better people, how to have happier lives. Uh, so I am considering you to be an entrepreneur. So and I'm coming. I'm coming around to that idea. Okay. Good. 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 Um, because this next question is going to be helpful there. <laughs> Because my question to you is, since you are in arm's reach of the identity, right, of entrepreneurship, how would you say that it found you? Because I can see how in higher ed, there's tons of things to do in terms of your own teaching and research and service. And doing other pieces outside of that require you to kind of reallocate your time in all these different ways. So now that you're here, though, how, how did this happen for you? How did entrepreneurship find you? That is an excellent question. And I will say that there are, all my life there have been just people who show up at just the right time and say just the right thing. Mm-hmm. And other times there are people who show up and they say things and I'm just, you know, no thank you. Like, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your support and your enthusiasm, but no thank you. And that has happened relatively recently with the release of the book. And that's why I said I'm, I'm coming around to the idea because I, I have gotten a small team together to help me with social media things because I can't, I can't do all the things. And I am very clear about where my strengths and weaknesses are. Absolutely. And they have the mindset 
more so of entrepreneurship, but that's just not, it's not how I'm set up, Mm -hmm. but based on what they have said, and even what you said just now, like I have a a service, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm coming around to the idea, I think, because I don't necessarily think of what I do as entrepreneurship, because I still have a strong identity as a clinical psychologist, you know, as a professor who's in front of the classroom teaching undergraduate and graduate students. Mm -hmm. But I understand the importance always of expanding our definitions of things. And so, you know, growing up as children and and even in, you know, college, we have our set definitions of what we think things are. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning that I need to expand this definition because I do have a goal of creating something bigger, you know, and, and having an offering to people and not being hungry in the process. I do right, have right, a right. vision. So, yeah. so yeah, so that's how I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. 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 I, I think we see you as there, but, but I hear you. <laughs> okay. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, we'll yeah, 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 yeah. Please. I would love to. Um, in general, so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, pandemic fatigue and and what this has been like in this time. Um, but I'm curious, how have you been? How are you doing? How have you been over the past year and some change? How has life been like for you? It's, it's funny you should ask that because I was literally 10 minutes before we went on thinking about how I go from overdrive to recovering from overdrive. Mm. And, and I was in, and I'm in constant assessment mode because that's just what I do. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that's okay. Like, it's really like, and, and there are days where I'm, I'm such an overdrive that I shut everything down. I turn off the phone. I don't look at email. I'm just going, I text, you know, (laughs) <laughs> my family and say, okay, if you all try to reach me, I'm good, but I'm out. Right. And so there are those days. And I've probably had maybe three of those days since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And otherwise I try and self-assess. Um, I try to manage my schedule so that I don't have too many things in one week, too many big things, because there's always too many things. Right. But I try not to have too many big things in, in one week. And then I try to find ways to kind of sneak off to renew. So it's not just overdrive, recovery from overdrive. The renewal is hard though, because of the pandemic and we have in our family pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. And I am hyper fearful, um, you know, as an example of my son say, you know, contracting COVID because I was doing something. Um, that that scares me to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has been hard to, to do the renewal, but I find my sneaky little ways. There's a beach, you know, that is an hour drive that another friend told me about where you can literally drive your car onto the beach. Imagine that. Um, But I can't go on weekends because everybody else is there. And so trying to squeeze that in, but I, you know, I try to be really very intentional about that and trying to self-assess as much as I can and make adjustments. Mm -hmm. Has that self-assessment did that happen as a response to COVID or was that for you? Was that around for you all along? Yeah, it's always been around. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That's always something that I've done, but I've had to be much more intentional about it and deciding on what the the solution is going to be. And 
doing what I advise for other people to do and to use my own strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, So as an example, at the beginning of COVID, one of the things that I did a YouTube video about was, you know, coming up with a big project. My big project was creating a garden. It was, it had two parts to it because I went to HEB and some of the shelves were like missing some things. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I might need to be able to like grow food. Like that would be a wise thing. And this can be my big project, right? Ask me when I started my garden. Dr. Walker, when did you start your garden? I started my garden two weeks ago. (laughs) So I had this big project, I had it mapped out and I overthought it. And because I overthought it, I never started it. And so I was like, okay, next spring season come around. I'm going to have in place, I'm going to bring in support so people, I can have people to talk to, um, people to encourage me, I'm going to start small. And so I did all the things that I said a year ago Mm -hmm. that I would do, but I didn't. And I just started it. And my okra looks, the little plants, they look so lovely. Oh, come on, okra. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think there's a... Kudos to you and this garden. Uh, That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I saw that... um, this is an aside. I saw that even Lowe's was offering these free garden to go kits in the month of April. And so um, each week there's a different thing. One is like spices and herbs. One, they give you a tree sapling. One, there's plants that attract butterflies. Ooh. I forgot the other one. Yeah, right? So I think that, uh, you know, and hearing you talk about this, I'm feeling more inspired. I definitely need to repot some plants, but there is something to like being in the soil and having your hands in it and watching things grow. And uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about people having house plants and, and uh, having special names for their plants and all sorts of things. But um, that is certainly uh, a treat and a needed thing to, to have that connection with nature. Mm-hmm. part of our lives so I'm glad to hear you say that yeah. and uh I'm also glad that you didn't sort of guilt yourself around not making your spring 2020 deadline um, of your garden because we can do that we can get caught up in making ourselves feel bad for our own not making our own goals yeah. Yes. One of, one of the things, one of the words, and I, I, you know, you've seen this in the book, but I live by this, not using the word should, it is not in my vocabulary to the right. point where my students, my advisees say it. And some of them don't realize it because they're new <laughs> and others who hear it and aren't new, just giggle. And they look at me and I look at them and, you know, I don't, I don't should on myself. I do not. Good. I do not. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to let it go. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So I have been hearing a lot um, about people being tired, <laughs> being tired, exhausted, in need of naps. Um, it's coming up in terms of like Zoom fatigue, um, all, all sorts of stuff. I'm just hearing it a lot. I'm hearing it a lot from clients. I'm seeing it particularly on Twitter, maybe more so than any other space. Um, and people are just kind of finding themselves weary. <laughs> and so, and, and, and to narrow it down, we, uh, black folks, <laughs> we are finding ourselves even more tired, even more weary. Um, I have my theories as to why we are here, but I would be curious to hear to hear from you. What do you think is draining us? Why are we so <laughs> exhausted? <laughs> it is. It is. It is all the things. It mm-hmm. is. It is 
all the things. Right. And it's unfortunate. And that's one of the reasons in the book, though the book was before COVID, like mm-hmm. obviously the book was was in the, the process before. It came then, right on time now. I just want to let you know. I was like, hmm, she's good. She's good. <laughs> I, I, I do truly believe in divine timing. I, Absolutely. I really and it's 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 saddening to me on some level that I I I know that most people aren't doing the regular self assessments because before COVID people were sick and tired of being sick and tired and it's just kind of I think come to a head you know we've all been grinding it out we've all been doing fight or flight you know where you know in in these workspaces in spaces where we're trying to negotiate with folks to get our business up and running like. It is constant and we don't even realize the degree to which the small, the small, and I'm doing air quotes, the small things accrue and mm-hmm. add up and we're, we're carrying them around. Absolutely. And if anybody can imagine like, yeah, you know, since we've been talking about groceries, you know, you got one bag of groceries. Okay. <laughs> you know, or if you got four bags of grocery and somebody else is carrying two of them. Okay. But if you're, if you've got an, oh, and I do this all the time, I get a basket, right? Cause I think I'm going in for four things, mm-hmm. but then I end up with $60 worth of groceries. You know, I've added and added and added and added yeah. and that cart is getting heavier, mm-hmm. but I don't want to take anything out. Right? right. Cause I need that. Right. And you know, I don't want to start all over and go back to the front and get a cart because it's like, who has time for that? Right. And we just keep putting things in and putting things in and we don't let anything go. And it is exhausting. And then, yeah, add on top of it with COVID that we don't have our typical release because one release might be going to church. Mm-hmm. You know, another release might be going to happy hour, spending time with your family on the holidays. Like we look forward to that time when we take our hair down and yes. we just get to do us. Indeed. And we haven't had that. So it's like, we've been carrying all this stuff. We don't ever get to put any of it down. And it has really gotten, I think, to be too much for a lot of folks. And I, I completely get it. Too much is a great way to say that. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's a lot. And then there's almost the spaces in which we can find relief are becoming smaller and smaller. Um, Cause I think even people are turning into social media as points of connection. And in some ways that happens in a very great way but there's also no filter. I mean, you can filter a little bit depending on who you follow and kind of curate an account. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly you you pop open your account and then there's this news feed of all, all <laughs> truly the tragic things that are happening um, in this way. So even in our space where you're just trying to zone out a little bit, um, you're kind of being attacked in a way you didn't anticipate. I would imagine right now there are people listening to you and listening to your words and shaking their heads like, yes, she's right. I identify <laughs> with all those things. And you mentioned this phrase self-assessment several times. So for someone who might not know what that looks like, how might they do a self-assessment? What's included? Do they need people involved? What's a self-assessment and how is it helpful? So do you want the bite-sized answer or do you want the bigger picture? You got as much time as you need. I'm here. We're ready <laughs> to learn. <laughs> well, so so the bigger picture that I that I introduced in the book, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, is because I think we don't necessarily recognize how much we, we actually need and use our minds. Like I think we we take our minds for for granted or something. Like it's just 
going to be there. Um, and it's just, you know, you just keep fighting and you, you keep planning and you keep working and you keep, you know, hustling and that's just what you do. But we need to be able to, and, and that's part of our emotional health and our, and our mental well-being is having access <laughs> to our brains to be able to fully function. And when our brains aren't working, like, we push in, but then we're making mistakes or we're forgetting things or we don't have access to our full creativity. And that's mental health. But I know that when I say mental health, when you say mental health, people run the opposite direction because we don't want to talk about mental health. And so I'm cool with that. I'm completely cool with that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I do all, well, I need to meet people where they are. And so in meeting people where they are, I talk about this idea of psychological fortitude mm -hmm. and everyone needs to be able to report, assess, or be, or be aware of their ability to take care of work, whatever that looks like, because everybody's work looks different. I can't tell you what you got to do in your work. I can't right. tell you what assignments you got in your, you know, after your classes that you're taking for your master's program. For sure. But you know what you need to be able to do, you know, to take care of family, uh, to take care of your health. You know, maybe the doctor has said, your blood pressure is through the roof. And if you don't want to be on medication, you need to do this, this, and this. Okay. Are you able to do that? <laughs> you know, cause some people will blow the doctor off. Cause they're like, I ain't got time for that, but you need to have the psychological fortitude to be able to do that. And to be able to put together this lovely business that's going to be, you know, fully formed and revenue generating and doing all the things that we needed to do. Like, what on a moment to moment, hour to hour basis is your psychological fortitude, your ability to be able to take care of your responsibilities, take care of your health, meet your life goals. Um, and because mm -hmm. there's another level, especially for black folks, manage the threats, you know, manage the threats to, you know, a banker looking at you and saying like, yeah, I can't approve this loan. And you're like, mm -hmm. based on what? Right. And that takes away from your psychological fortitude. So for me, it's ideal that on a zero to 10 basis, zero being I have no ability to do any of the things and 10 is I'm knocking it out the park. I'm eating healthy, I'm exercising or at least stretching, maybe going for a walk. You know, I knock that business plan out the water to get me to the next level. I'm on a 10. Mm -hmm. Now it's COVID, so it's hard to be on a 10 because right. you know the threats are on another level. But you know, Absolutely. if you're at an eight or nine, like yeah. Mm -hmm. But if at some moment, you know, something's going on and you're just like feeling out of sorts, because that's you know, like people say, you know, how you doing? Well, I'm fine, I'm all right. Like that doesn't tell us, <laughs> that doesn't tell us really much. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can say, you know, I'm at a four, well, four means things have to change. Right. Either you take on some new joy in your life or relinquish some of the things that are the threats or better manage some of the things that are, how do I come up with a plan for myself to maximize my health? Like something's got to shift. And that's why we need these ratings because I think otherwise it's, I don't know, we're kind of loosey goosey. Like I said, somebody <laughs> said, how you doing? It's like, I'm doing fine. What does that even mean? Right, right. Uh, and I'll never forget, uh, and it's it's easy. It's it's mm -hmm. it's really easy. My my son has two psychologists for parents, you know, Lord bless him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's not unusual for me to ask him about a rating. I don't say psychological fortitude. I don't say PF, but he understands about ratings. Okay. He's 10 now. 
And so I'll never forget, uh, not too long after COVID started, I wasn't feeling well and I, I had food poisoning mm. and he was upstairs, you know, playing video games. He happened to come downstairs, bopping along, doing his little thing. And he was, he noticed, it was like, mm, something doesn't quite look right over there. Yeah. And so um, he said, you, you doing okay? And I was like, I'm all right. You know, we don't burden the little people. Mm. I said, I'm all right. He said, well, on a zero to five, how are you Ooh, feeling? We got you. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> He did. He he really did. And for a moment, I forgot that I wasn't feeling so good. And I was like, my child just asked me for my PF. Um, and I said five. And I could see his little wheels turning because he was trying to figure out, okay, I think probably something needs to happen here. <laughs> and so he said, can I get you some water? And I said, yes, that, that would be great. And my son got me some water. He gave me, now he, after he handed me the water, then he went back to play his video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he understood that something different needed to happen. And so I, I like the rating for ourselves. Sometimes we need to adjust for ourselves. And sometimes in having conversations with others, we need to have a shared language mm -hmm. so that when we assess other people or when they ask us how we're doing, we can say, give me a PF rating if, if they've read the book or just say on a zero to 10, mm -hmm. how, you know, how much you struggling right now or on a zero to 10, how anxious are you feeling about this, you know, proposal you got to give or this presentation you got to give tomorrow mm -hmm. um, and then make, make adjustments. Cause that's what's important about the assessment is that you get the assessment. So you know, whether or not you need to make a, an um, adjustment and then how much adjustment you might need to make. I love that. Cause I think that does, that does a couple of things. I think it makes it feel easier as opposed to what you're saying in terms of like uh you're right. People do shy away from the phrase mental health. The eyes roll on the top of their head, uh, their ears close. <laughs> when mm -hmm. we start using those phrases. And I think I've started to use emotional wellness more as a result of that, uh, in response to that. Um, and so I think I think for entrepreneurs, they are oftentimes, they kind of wake up thinking about their business, their customers, or some combination of those things. Maybe their family as well. So there's all these thoughts about how to kind of take care of all these things. And the last person that they tend to think about is themselves. And so um, I often find it being an interesting piece, having conversations with entrepreneurs about how are you doing without them hitting that automatic, much like what you said, I'm fine. <laughs> um, and I see that the same way when people tell me interesting, like I, I kind of giggle when I hear both of those things I'm like because that means that there's much more there uh, now that you've said that <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so what what do you suggest for those folks that I'm describing these people who they might even be listening to this now on their way to work um or in the 10 minutes or 30 minutes they have between meetings <laughs> um that they're constantly on the go um, to get them to maybe they've done this self-assessment and realize that they are maybe at a four or five. Um, what should be their first steps now that they've kind of had that realization um, that, oh no, I'm moving entirely too fast. I've not created space for me. Gosh, there are so many thoughts that are going through my mind <laughs> right now. <laughs> And so, okay, so someone has done their self-assessment and they're feeling like maybe something needs to, to change. I need to do something different. Yeah. 
And one of the things that they're going to come up against is, is in fact their own resistance. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be aware and to honor that because some people think, well, if I make adjustments, that means I'm taking my foot off the gas Mm -hmm. and I can't afford to take my foot off the gas because I'm CEO of this. Right. And if I take my foot off the gas and everything falls to the wayside and I do encourage people to think about the bigger picture and if in fact you had to run a race, but you had just sprained your ankle, mm. how, how's that going to work out for you? I don't, you know, I don't, you might make things worse mm-hmm. before they get better. If you don't give that ankle time to heal. And if someone has a big vision about what it is they're trying to do and what it is they're trying to accomplish and they're pushing forward on a sprained, strained mindset, it's going to be harder to get to the goal because they're operating at half empty. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that probably sounds like, ooh, but I, I, I can do this. I can do this. And you know what? If it's, if, it's, if it's working, then great. That's what I'll say to anybody. If what you're doing mm-hmm. is working, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. keep and rolling we'll use, with it. We'll use quotation marks for working. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Big, big, <laughs> big quotation marks. Right, 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 right. If it's working. And that's where, you know, the self-assessment does, it, it's important. And, and I know that there are people who are also overachievers because I don't mm-hmm. think you can be an entrepreneur if you're not an overachiever. Mm. And so it's like, well, I got to get the rating just right. Mm. There's no such thing as getting the rating just right. It's just the rating for you as honest as it can be. Because the thing is the rating's also relative. So as an example, if my son knows that I'm typically at, you know, seven, eight, you know, if I'm at a five, then that means, okay, something has happened. Right. 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 Or even if I'm at a six, something's going on. So yeah, if you say like, I'm at a seven, but you really a five, you know, you talk to Dr. T, she know you really a five, but that's okay. Um, Where do you want to be? You know, do you, do you want to be at a nine? So, so I guess when I said a thousand things are going to through my head, because the other thing is recognizing that there are some people who don't want to take the foot off the gas because that scares them to death. Okay, great. And what we do with fear, we avoid it. So, all right, roll with it maybe try and create uh, time limited goals. You know, like I will push hard until I achieve X thing, whatever that might be. And then after I achieve X thing, I'm going to take my foot off the gas Mm -hmm. for a week or two or however many days can be afforded so that I can recoup some of those brain cells that I'm absolutely gonna need in order to get to the the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've, I've been there and I, I, I've talked about this because I get it even before I had an entrepreneurial even thought in my mind. Thank you. Um, you know, in, in academia, we, we move up ranks from assistant to associate professor with tenure to full professor. And in my mind, I was always just going to make full professor. That's just what you do. And at the point when I was at associate and I was trying to, you know, achieve things that, started to feel unattainable, but I was like, they're not going to get me. Mm-mm, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. They're not going to hold me back. Nope, not me. And it was exhausting and it started to affect my health. And at some point I had the thought, you know, what if I don't go up for full? And my first thought after that was panic. Like, what do you mean? Right. You're not going to go up for full. Oh, right. we don't go up for full. 
And then the next thought was like, no, seriously, what if you, what if, what if you don't go up for four? Mm -hmm. And then I felt relief. Mm -hmm. Like, like I literally physically felt it in my body. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness. I, that's, that's telling. Yeah. I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Cause I still have a job for life. I was a tenure professor. There are not that many black women who are tenure professors, you know, in academia, in the US right. or really around the world. So I was like, you know what? I'm good. Thank right. you very much. I took my foot off the gas and I was as happy as I could be. Uh, and I was content for a couple of years though. Y'all, I am full professor now because what happened was mm -hmm. I took my foot off the gas, I got to release, I was doing my own thing. And kind of like I said, there's always been people to show up at just the right time. I have friends who were a couple who were academics at another institution and they were like, uh, when are you going up? <laughs> and this is the cool thing about it. Um, because they they literally harassed me, um, mm. including bringing in senior faculty from other universities. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, they yeah. yeah, they did that, and so I was like, fine, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. But then I was able to shift my perspective and see things differently. Because yes, what I was doing, I was hitting my head up against a wall, like mm. a brick wall, literally. And when I was able to take a step back, and then with some support. I was actually able to take a totally different approach from what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And that would not have happened if I didn't take my foot off of the gas and right. get a totally different perspective. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I know it can be scary, but I also know that what will be, will be, but mm -hmm. we also need to have our minds intact while we're trying to get there. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I, I love that. And I love that, uh, that story because I think, some of us who are in entrepreneurship are following the footsteps of some somebody else or trying to mimic what we think somebody else is doing, which mm -hmm. can very much feel like that banging your head against the wall versus building a business that feels more congruent with the way in which you live your life or the way in which you hope to. Um, yes. And for me, one of the ways in which I do that is I do not see 8 a.m. clients. I am not a morning person. Can I do it? Yes. But we both will be very upset at 8 a.m. There's no point to that. <laughs> right. So I see people at 10 and, and, and march on. And that's a much better experience for everybody involved. And so uh, it's a small example, but an example of, about how you can. I don't have to necessarily see, pe see people at 8 because other therapists do. I do it in the way that, that makes sense. And I can do my best work. I can show up and, and be my best self. Yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine that, right? Mm. Right? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> so I would be remiss if we did not spend some space talking about this book. Yes, ma'am. The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. First of all, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I'm not, I'm, I'm being serious. It truly felt like uh, a love note. It, it really did. It felt like a love note to us. It felt like a sister friend was like, hello. <laughs> I love the cultural references. Like, I, I, I yeah, it's, if you haven't got it, you would certainly, uh, your household would benefit by making sure you have the book. There will be a link to that in the show notes. Um, so as you, hopefully you're not driving, but when you get to a safe space, go ahead and click it, purchase the book <laughs> and support Dr. Walker. So what inspired that? Um, because like I said, it truly did show up right on time. Right on time. Um, 
right on time. What inspired it? Well, if we're going to jump right in, it was inspired by me seeing the stats on the suicide deaths for our Black children. And at the time, the rates were going up. We were going up for Black children while going down for white children. Mm. And honestly, based on my research, I might have predicted it, but just not this soon. Not, not in my lifetime would I have predicted that. And I was hoping it was a bit of a blip on the screen and it wasn't. Um, so for several years in a row, that was the case. And I, in my mind, I know a lot of us try to fix and heal and, you know, let that child figure out, like, let me get the child some therapy, you know, and all those kinds of things. But for me, from my perspective and the way that I do my work, it's about the adults, you know, the, 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 the parents and teachers and the people who interface with children. Basically, we got to check ourselves. And if we say like, okay, I'm going to send the child to therapy or I'm going to send them to see somebody, right. but we're not going to correct the things in us that keep us from being able to help our own children. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, leaving the smelly trash in the kitchen and burning some incense and candles. <laughs> right. Right. That's not, you know, that makes a bigger mess. Right. It, it, it's not, it's not cute. It's definitely, it's not, it's not cute. Right. And, you know, so for me, I wrote the book, you know, for black folks, um, the, the, the suicide stats prompted it, but I've been doing this work for more than a couple of decades. And so I've, I've seen, so that's, so all of that went into the book, like mm-hmm. all the stuff that, you know, my research and what I've been thinking about and what I've been observing. And I'm just like, man, we just, we're on a struggle bus and don't even know it. And so for me, this was, okay, it's time out, time up, time up or time out. Time is gone. It's over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and and we got to start to write this ship. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And I, and I appreciate you for it. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Um, Yeah. We could spend another hour talking about it, but we're going to pause because I know that time is money as an entrepreneur uh <laughs> but it, it truly is um yeah I was I was reading over something last night and it, you were referencing Shonda Rhimes and I was like yes exactly no I just I just love the way in which you make it accessible to us um and that it truly is for everybody the therapist the parent um somebody who's just interested in self-help um that anybody could pick it up, find meaning in it, um, and even share it with a you know their friend or family member to help them all have better psychological fortitude. Um, so uh, I was like, this is so dope. Uh, but yeah, yes, which is which is why I'm so excited to talk to you today. So that leads me to this question. <laughs> and thinking about all these pieces and. Um, the ways in which you are continuing to help us uh, be better, um, and particularly us by Black folks. Um, I'm curious, what does minding my Black business mean to you? Well, first of all, I love minding <laughs> my Black business. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> because I know, I, I, I know myself pretty well, and I can get stressed out before I know it. 
And because of that, I have to be very intentional about my balance. And so people talk all the time about, you know, work-life balance and what does that mean? And first of all, it means something different for every single person. And that's why we have to self-assess so we can figure out what works for us. Um, A lot of what went into the book is, you know, me thinking about what I know that works. And so I can tie it to your everyday life experience because I've tied it to to my life experience. And I'm always, you know, just kind of like paying attention and analyzing. And so for me, it is about, you know, just finding the balance for me so that I don't, you know, tip too far one way or the other. And the ways that I do that are in fact, my self-assessing, my not using the word should, I'll say more about that, but then also just, you know, recognizing that I can't be perfect. Like, you know, I I believe I'm made in God's image, but I can't be perfect. I just, I cannot. And even if I'm perfect on Tuesday, I probably won't be on Wednesday, (laughs) you know? So, so I try and give myself, you know, some grace Mm -hmm. that is, I am always striving to do the best I can in any particular moment. And I can only focus on, on me and what I'm doing and I can't take on other people's shoulds. So as an example, I grew up um, in Savannah, Georgia and my mama told me pretty early in life that I had two career options. I was gonna be a lawyer or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I was a good child. I was like, you know, okay, mama, whatever you say. Right, right, right. I choose law, I like to talk, so mm-hmm. I will choose law. And so for a long time, I thought I was gonna be a lawyer and I even went off to college thinking I was gonna be a lawyer. And then I had an opportunity to shadow a lawyer and I was like, ooh, I don't think I can do that. They just, I don't know, that just went in my spirit. And I was like Mm -hmm. 19 or 20 years old at the time. And that was one of the first uh, opportunities that I had to say, okay, I have to to do me. And, and I have been reinforced for that, I will say, that you know there have been plenty of times in my life that people have said, would you should do this. That's why my friends almost couldn't convince me to go for full professor. I was like, mm-hmm. that's for y'all. I don't, right. I don't have to do what other people do. Right. I can only do me. And that's one of the things that I hope comes through in the book. Like you figure out what you're good at and not what other people think you should be doing or what you should be good at. You know, when we get too wound up in our minds and the, you should be doing this and you should be doing that, it takes us out of our own spirit. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise I would have been created as a duplicate of you, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. right? But I was created to be, to be me. Um, and because of my, I think, inclination to, you know, just this tenseness and the worry, every chance I get, I let that stuff go. Mm. Like. Y'all, good luck with that right. over there. More power to you. More power to you, indeed. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, so for you, Minding My Black Business is truly about um, being in a in a happy and healthy place that feels uh, true to who you are. It is. And, and again, it's still not perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are still, you know, days where I'm like, okay, I got to get these eyelashes on. <laughs> so I present better right. on video camera. Right. And then the eyelash doesn't go on. Right. And I just it, say, oh, that God. is so frustrating. Yeah. 
you know, and I say that about a small thing, but these small things can accumulate. Oh my and goodness. So it's, like yeah. it's, a, it's a constant sort of like, can I do that? Mm-hmm. Can I do that? Okay, if I do this, I got to take that off the plate because otherwise mm-hmm. I'm going to be turning off my phone and shutting down everything and saying bye to everybody. Right. So right. I am constantly trying to protect myself from that space of feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, because yeah, my overwhelmed is, and I actually got, I got an email today. Uh, the original email came through on Friday asking me to you know give a presentation. And Friday was Good Friday. So I was like, I can't really respond to you because it's good Friday. The whole holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just not because it's good Friday. And so then I got a, a follow-up this morning already. And I'm like, there should be a 48 business hour reprieve on mm-hmm. me not responding to the email that I got sent on a holiday. But then it was something that I'm actually curious to do. Like I am intrinsically curious about it. And so what I said to the person was, you know, I am interested in this, but I've got all these things on my plate. Can we do this in the way that I want to do it (laughs) to make it more manageable for me? Absolutely. Um, And can we do it on days or a day, pick a day out of these Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. Now, just so you know, we got sprinklers busted out and I might not respond to you today. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have to set those expectations. Um, And I've got to do, you know, a a recording here and I got Mm -hmm. two recordings. So you may, so I try and set the expectations. So again, just trying to keep the pressure at a distance whenever I can. Otherwise I just say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and no is my default, by mm-hmm. the way. I have no problem saying no. It's my default. You have to convince me to say yes. <laughs> you know, as you, as you share that, I was like, that's, that's her entrepreneurship talking. Uh, but I, I <laughs> But I love Listen, it. Yeah, your listeners can't see me, but I'm looking around the room. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She, she definitely, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I, 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 I'm going to continue to plant that seed. Uh, so, no, I, I I don't think there's more that needs to be said about what you highlighted. Um, once we start living our lives in ways that are out of our control, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. And so... Um, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have it to does be that not. way. It does not. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dr. Walker, you have been such a complete pleasure. Um, thank you so much for carving out some time on this good Monday after Easter. Which, by the way, my calendar says Easter Monday, which I did not know that was a thing. So maybe that's a holiday or something. I don't know. But <laughs> maybe, in maybe in Canada. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Um, I know that there are people out there now who are uh, maybe feeling experiencing a little bit of clarity, um, maybe even a little bit of guilt about how they've been maneuvering um, and hopefully a little energy around some things that they can do differently and moving forward. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And I do hope that folks feel all the the positivity, give themselves some grace. And I'm happy to share, you know, I'm whoever's listening, I'm sending some positive energy and some positive vibes because, you know, folks, we have work to do. There's a lot of work to get done and we don't want to bury our talents and gifts under feeling bad and feeling stressed and anxious. There, there will be stress because we, you know, might need a little bit of pressure, but we don't need so much pressure that it, you know, breaks us at some point so i'm excited about everyone who's listening 
and I'll be curious. Maybe if you let me know and some folks say that they were inspired and they did some tremendous thing. That's exciting for me. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, family. We appreciate you listening. We need you to do us a favor. We need you to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Also, join us at Following the Movement on our website at MindingMyBlackBusiness.com. There you can find our Minding My Black Business merchandise, and you can also find our digital academy. Now, our academy is the place where we are looking to expand our resources, particularly emotional wellness resources for black entrepreneurs. And we already have worksheets there. We have more resources to come. You can follow us on our social media platforms. On Twitter, we are Minding My Black Biz. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. And on Facebook, it's at Dr. Janae Taylor. So peace and blessings to us all. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, don't forget to tell them, I'm minding my black business.